You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody, to the second end of the first part of the show. I'm Father Justin Wolf. And I'm Father Josh Wolf. And we are the Sons of Thunder! So, we're back, and you I know... I love that thundercraft. Uh, so we should just I. play it yeah. over and over and over I think again. I hope that happens when I die, and my soul is released from the body <laughs> at my funeral. Like, there it is! There it's it like, <laughs> ask, and you shall receive. Thank you, Aaron Fargo, for playing that again for us. So, we, in just a few moments here, we. everyone, we, you and me, the brothers, as well as two other uh, phenomenal priestly clergy are going to be here, Father Jaden Nelson and Father Gregory Crane. Father Nelson is the president of Bishop Ryan, and Father Crane is the associate at St. Leo's, as well as the chaplain here at Bishop Ryan Catholic School in Minot, North Dakota, and we're going to be talking about some serious stuff on that segment that you all love, Straight Talk. So uh, we're not there yet, but we're going to be. But while well, we prepare for that, you need to get on to Facebook and submit your questions, or at least log in right now. Uh, so you're ready to submit questions because, or, or I think call people are in. like, I think they're permanently logged into <laughs> Facebook. I, I know very few people that get on and log into Facebook. I do, and every once every maybe like two to three or four months, I don't really have much of a. Style. I don't even have Facebook, so I can't log in. I, I anyway, the uh, better way is by phone because yeah. everybody's got a phone. Eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. One eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. But before we get into that, I want to go back just briefly about church architecture because you really, everybody listening, if you if if you get to Minot, you gotta come to St. Leo's. Uh, I just went and saw. It's 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 almost you know it, it's approaching completion, and it is it is a you know when they went to the I heard this story when they went to the Hagia Sophia back in way back, which is a, a huge church in Istanbul was Constantinople. The delegates from the Russian Church came and they walked in and they said their document is saying it felt like a little piece of heaven. <clears throat> and I would I would say that about St. Leo's, and and it's not even completely finished yet. It is. Absolutely stunning. Um, so well done, brother. Thank you, I, Father Josh. I very rarely build him up. <laughs> He's got a huge ego already. And, and, <clears throat> so. I'm the humblest man you've ever met in your life. What do yeah. you think? It's my best quality. <laughs> yeah, everybody, no, if you're local, please come down and see it. Not till December 20th, though, and not, uh, not before December 20th, because that's the opening de- massive dedication. But after that, you really want to come through and check it out, and we'd love to have you. And I'm going to be giving tours uh, to describe all of the theology that's within the church. To give you just a little kind of taste of what's coming, we've, got, we've got four pieces of the floors of the four major basilicas in St. Leo's. So St. John Lateran, which is the Pope's Cathedral, St. Peter's Basilica, uh, St. Mary Major. Like actual rock. Yeah, and St. Paul's outside the wall. So pieces of their floor, when they were doing uh, construction, we asked, Stole them. Well, we didn't steal it. The construction workers gave us this. And uh, anyway, so they're in the floor. So you got to come and see how we designed that in. It's really unique and wonderful. They were going to throw those chunks away anyway. Exactly. Exactly. We didn't thieve them. 
All right, everybody. It is now time for Street Talk with the Brothers. Yeah. This is where we answer your questions, and there is nothing too raw that you can give us (laughs) because we're going to give it back to you straight live on RPR. Call in and raw questions, straight talk. talk. That's what we do. That's what we do. And we're not afraid to. Last time we talked all about the whole LGBT, whatever it is, movement. Um, And we had a lot of great questions last time when we were at St. Mary Central High School. We are joined here right now in uh, the excellent academic institution of Bishop Ryan Catholic School in Minot by its president, Father Jaden Nelson. Welcome, Father Nelson. It is excellent to be with you, fine gentlemen, uh, here on campus at Bishop Bryan. We're happy to host. Thank you. And we are also joined by the chaplain, Father Gregory Crane. Welcome, Father Crane. Thanks so much, Father. It's a, it's an honor to be on uh, on Straight Talk with the Brothers. <laughs> I can feel your enthusiasm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, Man, you really just bring so, so much, much power, power to yeah. this show. I think that made the show for most people. Um so we're a little challenged here, everybody, listening. We only have one of the mics wasn't working this morning, and so these two gentlemen uh, are passing a microphone headset back and so forth. So if you hear but, some movement, that's right, what's going that's, on. That's what's going on. So I want to get this conversation rolling. You know what? This this section reminds me, I don't know if you watch Fox News, but of The Five. I absolutely <laughs> love The Five. And uh, this part of the show. Is I'm very, Waters. V- I'm calling v- it. Waters, Josh's world. Yeah. Father Walt's No, you're Walt. Wal- this is Walt's world. You're in it right now. <laughs> So, I'm sipping on a cup of coffee this morning, and I'm reading Catholic news. I was in the chapel. And, uh... Praying. I was there at 4.30 this morning. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) And I... The moment that the the site comes up, uh, the lead article is something that I never thought I would ever see in my life, and and it was titled, German... Bishop's Conference states that homosexual relationships and acts are acceptable and normal in something of the respect of natural law. What? So basically what they <laughs> what they're saying the Bishop's Conference of Germany is that homosexuality is completely and totally normal uh to mankind and therefore is not sinful. So, Father Nelson, I could be wrong, but that seemingly to me is open heresy. Give it to us straight. Yeah. No pun intended. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know how it possibly could not be. Uh, was it in a formal <coughs> teaching document? It was a formal statement, By and the in, yes, and in the article it said, the students right now in the classroom that are well-trained and formed <laughs> are, are looking at us with absolute amazement and disgust uh, as we talk about this, and I can't disagree with them. My, my jaw was open this morning, too. Like, what in well, the world? So I think... <clears throat> no, they're getting ready for their synod. Yeah, okay, well, that would be a problem. I mean, the... the the bishops' conferences, as a body, do not have magisterial authority. However, the bishops make up the bishops' conferences, and the bishops themselves do have a share in the magisterial authority of the church. But that's not to say that bishops can't be heretics. We know that they can be. Uh, I just think back, and have been and have been, and I think back to the Arian heresy. Uh, 
mm-hmm. in which uh, was it Saint Jerome that said the whole earth trembled and one day woke up uh, and uh, half of the bishops were Arians. It was right. It, it was an unbelievably difficult time in the church in terms of denying the very divinity of Christ. And so, if you can deny the divinity of Christ as a not a minority, but even a large minority or even a majority. I don't know the exact numbers that were going right. on at that time, but a huge amount of bishops were not orthodox, even though they were Catholic bishops at that time. And so the it, fact that the Germans have you know jumped off the deep end here uh, doesn't entirely surprise me. Their church is basically dead up there, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's institutionally rich, but spiritually poor. And that's uh, a great line. Institutionally, institutionally rich, rich and spiritually, spiritually poor. poor. You know, the thing about them, too, I, what is with the German church? I mean, they were the last people in, if you think like the Huns, and, <laughs> you know, they were okay. the, the last people in as far as conversion went, and they were the first people out yeah. with Martin Luther, and if that's not bad enough, now we've got... This sort of our own our own people are disgusting. Harris, entirely. I see what you're saying. Luther, intra nos. (laughs) Intra nos. This is between us. Uh, But I mean, within heresy was beginning to foment at the time of the Reformation. Even outside of uh, Germany, we have the um, Huss. Right, was actually first, and that sounds pretty German to me. Yeah. No, but it, I think it was. I think yeah, it was Czech. Or Can you explain Swiss. that for the listeners? Well, they might. it was a different heresy that just never took off. Mm-hmm. Uh, in large part because I think he he uh, died. I think <laughs> <laughs> that tends to stop a heretic. Yeah, um, I, th- I think that's how that worked. But you know, this is just off the top of my head. But anyway, the whole. I point, wish that happened more often. Yeah, Luther could have died. Yeah, right. Exactly, it could have stopped. People might think lot. twice before spouting off their mouth. <laughs> they knew when I once I became a heretic, I died. Right, I will die. <laughs> but I think, yeah, I mean, Germany post-19th uh, century has been problematic theologically. And they've had several different schools of, of theology up there that got deeply, deeply involved in what we would call the, the, the Jesus seminars and the historical critical method of scripture yep. study. Uh, and those approaches to dealing with the deposit of faith really affected people's belief in the in the not only the divine nature of Christ and whether or not we could know him personally and with any kind of certainty, but also the the divine institution of the church. Uh, And so as a result of that, once you get rid of those things, uh, you you basically have undermined the entire authority of, of the church and its teaching authority. So it almost seems like they want to undermine that authority. So call in everybody. We've got a great conversation going on here. One eight seven 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 nine five. 0122, that's 1-877-795-0122, or you can get on Facebook and uh, write in a question. Seems to be more favorable to most people uh, these days, so we've had a lot of those questions. But anyway, write on in, and we want to know what you think about the German Bishops' Conference and their recent statement on homosexuality, because if you're a Catholic like myself who... uh, is out there like us priests battling for the salvation of souls and and it is a battle uh, we we joke around that you know I've never known a year of peace in 12 years of my priesthood <laughs> and uh, I don't suspect I'll ever know one until the day that I die because there's a lot going on and there's a lot of truth that needs to get out there there's a lot of people that uh, frankly need to be saved and most of that comes through conversion and uh, good priests preaching the truth 
uh, normal priests out mingling with people, um, as Jesus did bringing the gospel to them. But then what happens is you have a group of fools, like these people in Germany, that come out and say something disgusting, I think that's the right word, like, uh, you know, homosexual behavior is completely normal to God when the catechism clearly says something totally different. So does the Bible. And as does Jesus, <laughs> as does the Bible. So whoever these people are, they obviously don't know Jesus. Uh, and when us Catholics who are fighting the good fight and trying to get souls to heaven hear that, I think it can be a little little bit discouraging. What say you, Father Crane? Yeah, actually... Um you know, as as we're we're talking about this, <clears throat> excuse me, I've, I'm a little under weather today. Um, I uh, I've been thinking about that too. A lot of people have been coming to me um, in various circumstances, saying things like, "Father, you know, it's really hard right now. It just seems like lots is wrong. A lot of stuff is wrong in the world." And I think we feel that in politics in America. And especially if we care about the church, we feel that with the current state of the church. Uh, when we read articles like this, we're like, what the heck is going on? Exactly. Um, but to remember, and then people say, so how how do we proceed? What am I supposed to do? And in reflecting on that, uh, I think it's important to remember that the most important thing for each of us is to follow Christ in our life, live out our vocation, and do what we have been called to do. I've got a good friend who calls me a lot, he reads a lot of these blogs, he's always concerned about, you know, all the stuff going on in the church, the, what was the name of that, um, that statue during the Synod? Pachamama! Pachamama! Right, exactly. <laughs> and all that, and the videos, throwing them into, the, and they're like, what are we supposed to be doing? You <laughs> hey, know, props as, to the guy that chucked him into the Tiber. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Dude's a stud. And, and, and see, there's the thing, he was in Rome, he had the ability he felt, he, had the, had a, he, had he felt the call on his heart, <laughs> and so he acted. But what are we supposed to do? In the Diocese of Bismarck, where I haven't seen too many Pachamama uh, <laughs> Oh, there's a great YouTube around. video. I, okay, a local YouTube that. video. I, I've seen that. <laughs> so, but, Pachamama didn't last long in but North how Dakota. Do, how do we respond? What are we supposed to do day to day? And the most important thing to remember is we're supposed to be faithful. You're know, supposed to be faithful the other thing, the other thing to is, our call and to our vocation. And we know it, right? This is why we react so strongly to it, because we know this is it's not the right thing. And a lot of people are like, it's confusing. But it is confusing, I guess, when you have it from the, from the higher-ups, right? Because they're the ones that are supposed to be leading this us. This is the a whole bishops' conference that is saying this in a, in a whole country. It'll be interesting to see how the Vatican responds to this. Right. Um, and so it will gotta, be interesting. We have if... To, if the Vatican responds to this. Yeah, I'm not denying that, but it, it will, that's going to be an interesting thing to wait that out and let it see. I will say this. The Pope Francis did make the comment, um, I want to say midsummer, as Cardinal Marx in Germany was uh, running awry uh, with various <clears throat> statements about celibacy and, and uh, where their synod, which hasn't happened yet, it's coming, but where their synod was going, uh, that Pope Francis reined them in yeah. and mm -hmm. said, "This, you know, you can't be going outside of what the Church teaches." Right. It reminded me of the uh, Gospel or Letters of John when he says, "If anybody is so progressive, you know, that they're moving outside of the faith itself, don't follow them." Right. Well, this sort of which kind of gets to my my uh, thought on this is that you know, in a a time of 
conflict or a time of tension or, or ambiguity or doubt about what the right way to go is, you got to remember that uh, it's important to keep your head down and just keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. And you can't control everything in the church, but you need to be there. You need to be faithful. You need to be ready, like Father Crane was talking about, so that when whatever providential design God has, when that moment and opportunity arrives for you to respond to whatever God is calling you to do to be faithful and to help the institutional church, that you'll be ready for that. And that's clergy, that's deacons, that's married couples, that's everybody. Right. No, and, I, and that's a that's a good like response to people that are saying, "What are we What are we supposed to do about this confusion? Be a saint." Right. That right. I mean, if, exactly. If you want to, if you want to change it, just be a saint, and that will draw all of the focus off of this stuff and on to somebody who's a conduit for Jesus. And and I think that the devil wants us to be weighed down by all that. Right. So that I'm a I'm a married guy, you know, I'm not actually I'm married. <laughs> that if, was a bad example. If I was if I was a married guy living in Diocese of Bismarck and I'm reading all this and I'm super concerned and I'm like what what should I be doing? Like father's saying perfectly, you know, we should be ready for whenever we might be called to maybe do something, who knows if like some some uh, uh, heretical sex starts to you know develop in the diocese of Bismarck. Okay, maybe then we'd have to be ready to break some legs. To, right, go to, <laughs> go to war in a certain way. Straight talk. <laughs> as far as it is right now to read the to be aware of what's going on in the world, I think that's very important. But then to go home and raise good holy children. Amen. Right. You know, lay down your life for. For your spouse, lay down your life for your children, uh, support Catholic schools, uh, whatever it might be, to build up the kingdom insofar as God has asked well, you to Well, and do raising that. souls that just aren't going to follow that. I'm just sitting here as I mention that. Like I said, the, the kids in the room, in class right now, look at me with horror and disgust. Why? Because they're formed and raised well. So it doesn't matter, you know, bishop, priest, layperson making statements like this if you've got a whole church you know that's saintly and on its way to heaven they're going to be like well bishop or whoever it is you can say whatever you want but i'm not following that because that's not jesus right and you know you made a historical reference to the reformation but the the reformation was followed by what we call the Mm counter-reformation and those the origins of the counter-reformation was happening simultaneously basically so in a different region in a different time namely spain you had uh, John of the Cross and Teresa of Avila and Ignatius of Loyola. And so even though one part of the church is going crazy and burning to the ground uh, institutionally, spiritually, in another area of the world, some of the greatest fruit was being born, which actually was, in the end of the you know, comparison, much more important for the life of the church than what happened there. And and the, and the big, you know, the 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 crazy voice gets the biggest amount of publicity. That that's a, that's a huge problem too within the media that we live. But I think that right now what we have going on is a is a straight up diversion. Like I think the the the, the devil knows his time is short, right? It says that in the scripture, and he's creating a diversion because there's so much movement right now. People are so the culture itself, right, is so messed up. That they're getting, people are getting to a point. You talk to people all the time, even people that are not religious, and they're like, you know, there's God, something's got to give, <clears throat> right? 
And so he's pushing and pushing and pushing, and eventually that's the enemy's, that's his downfall. He doesn't know when to stop. He will just go and go and go until it eventually implodes on himself. And, you know, we've been talking Hence about... the Counter-Reformation. We've been talking right. a little bit about this at, at St. Leo's Rectory. Three of us here live at that rectory. And, you know, we're living in a time that, if you look at the, the, the prophecy of Fatima and then Saint, uh, Leo the Thirteenth's uh, Hundred Years, and that all was supposed to have come to an end in 2017. A lot of people, you know, were sort of looking at a cataclysmic upheaval, um, you know, the, the dawning of some great age, and, you know, they would come out of nowhere maybe in an instant miraculously. Well, that didn't happen, but we've been saying that... It, there are signs on the wall that the devil, in fact, is losing his power. You know, I mean, if you look at, like, I'll even say, like, the Me Too movement. You know, all of these things that were in the dark that are suddenly, like, bubbling up to the surface. And people who are extremely evil people and have been evil people for a long period of time are now suddenly exposed uh, for what they are. A great example of this would be uh, the exposure that Planned Parenthood is going under. Um, but it's like he can't protect them any longer. And so what was in the dark is now coming into the light. <clears throat> but, you know, especially in the culture that we're living in, we want this immediate sort of process. And instead, it's, it's not. It's, it's gradual, but it's seemingly picking up steam. And so these types of statements out of Germany are those diversions so that maybe we don't see the good stuff that's happening. I'm even thinking, too, I, I heard a, a great analogy for this. Um, if you look at uh, D-Day, and then you look at Victory in Europe Day, okay? They were about uh, a year apart, roughly. But once D-Day happened, the war was basically over. It was, it was just a matter of time. But it was, during that, it was during that time that the Nazis wreaked the most havoc in Europe, right? I mean, this is when the final solution, because this they is were because they knew they had lost. Huh. And so the, the devil knows he has lost, and his time is running out. This is just a theory, people. Right? <laughs> and trying to prophesy. <laughs> so, and he, he realizes his time is short, so he's trying to wreak as much havoc as he possibly can before the end comes. What do you think of that? Well, you know where I stand on it. I think the end has been coming. <laughs> I mean, I've been following this for 25 years. You, we want to get into I this this morning. I don't know if we uh, need to get uh, into your theories I, and predictions. I'm telling you, there are lots of people listening uh, right now that are like, no, get into it. Because I think people <laughs> feel it in their gut. You if, feel it in your gut. Jesus, and you're just you're if, having everybody else feel if it too. Jesus isn't, it doesn't come back in my lifetime, I am going to be absolutely shocked. <laughs> As, as Father Tom Grafsgaard, one of my former associates, would always say, if I die a natural death, I will be shocked. Wow. Like, I think there's, there's you know, maybe, he's, maybe it's not him coming back, but it's something. You cannot have what we have. We've killed 1.4 billion children. We've got, you know, the, 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 the globe last year watched 500,000 years worth of time worth of pornography. I mean, the level of sin is so high that either the sin itself is the punishment on humanity, or very shortly in the in the near future, the Lord is going to be stepping in in a miraculous way to clean this mess up. Because you cannot leave the family in this, you know, cesspool of of sin that we're living in. And I mean, the great I I, I would venture to guess that probably. Of all, and who knows, but this is my sort of suggestion, is that the greatest tragedy of our time is the, is the condemnation of the most souls that have, has ever happened in human history. 
I mean, there has got to be a torrent of people living in mortal sin right now. I was thinking of this very thing this morning at Mass, because we began to read in Isaiah from the Book of Comfort. And this is how the reading uh, started today. Comfort, give comfort to my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her service is at an end. Her guilt is expiated. Indeed, she has received from the hand of the Lord double for all her sins. Double. And in a certain way, what Brutal. I was reflecting upon. Father Nelson, i got to interrupt you because okay. we have a caller. <laughs> Good morning. Is it Yvonne? Yes, it is. That's a pretty name, Yvonne. What is that? Is that well, French? It is French. Yes, it okay, is. Okay, I love the French culture. So we want to thank you for calling in from Duluth. And what would your question be, Yvonne? Well, I don't really have a question. I just have a. Uh, I just heard about the German bishop that okayed, you know, more yes. or less that homosexuality was okay, and it just shocked me because we. I agree with everything you you guys are saying that we are in a time of we're in the no sin zone, and. Yep. I just converted to Catholicism a year and a half ago because I just believe in the Catholic Church so much, and I'm thrilled to be a Catholic. So well, God I bless you, Yvonne. Welcome to the Catholic faith. Thank you. And I hope that bishop gets reprimanded. Or well, something. that's the thing, right? I mean, <laughs> we, get, we need to start, you know, yeah, reprimanding yeah. and maybe even excommunicating people. The other one that comes to mind, I'm not sure if Yvonne, if you're familiar with a guy by the name of Father James Martin uh, that's in the United States, but look up him sometime. He's this Jesuit priest that is making worse statements than this. And yeah, he's soon, crazy. The sooner a man like yeah. that is just simply silenced, you know, or yeah, laicized for yeah. that matter, the better off we're all going to be. Right, and I mean, it says in the Bible that you may stand alone someday. Well, I want to stand with some Catholics. <laughs> right. Well, hey, we're standing with you, Levon, bringing you the good right. news, not the fake news well, on RPR. Hey, also, Yvonne, we, our, our deepest condolences to you and uh, for the loss of your bishop. Uh, that was oh, a, a, thank a you. very thank sad you. deal. He's, he's an extremely good man, and, and oftentimes on real presence with us. And he, uh, he was yeah. a good friend. He was a good. He, he was one of the finest bishops I've met. He was very. I, I yes, he was wonderful, and it was a real shock when I, you know, when I found that out. Oh, thank you. came out of nowhere. We were just in Helena, Montana for the ordination of Bishop Austin Vetter, who's from our diocese, and Bishop Serva, I had dinner with him out there. And okay. uh, the next thing I know, we read online that he had had a heart attack and passed, and it right. hit, me, hit me like a Mack yeah. truck. You just never know, right? That's right. Okay. Well, thank you, guys. Keep up the good work now. Thank you, you Yvonne. God, God bless you. Bye-bye. Right. Thank you. Bye-bye. So, I mean, she's got some great points. You know, and here's a new Catholic that came into the Catholic Church because she believes in the Catholic faith and wants to stand as a Catholic with Catholics, and this is the kind of garbage that we're having to tolerate these days. What does it say about the state of, of just our, our ability to see things clearly when... Something like this is stated by Catholic bishops. I mean, this isn't, you guys, this isn't like an ambiguous or a, a, not ambiguous, a speculative theological concept. This is natural right. law. <laughs> yeah. We yeah, aren't talking yeah. about like some minutia about the way the Eucharist is confected or the processions <laughs> of the Trinity. We're talking about the proper ordering of human sexuality, which is really obvious to anybody Super who wants obvious. to pay attention. Right. Just look at the body, right? 
I mean, if you're, if you're looking at the body, it is obvious how nature functions within the body. It's something that I can't figure out at all what's going on. I mean, it's like the, it, the, the, the conclusion of sexual immorality right now is insanity. Because the fact that we, I mean, if you want to talk about, like, the challenges of, you know, premarital sex or the challenges of just, like, sexual purity, um, I get that. That's been with humanity from the dawn of time, and it's an ongoing challenge, and thank God for, uh, you know, the sacrament of reconciliation. But as Father Nelson said, when you're dealing with natural law, the fact of the matter is that this is obvious. A man is born a man, a woman is born a woman. Marriage is between man and a woman. Childbearing in a family is clearly, uh, you know, obvious to humanity. And the rest of these redefinitions, well, they're just flat gross. Well, and you know, any way you look at it, it's gross. And not to get uh, too not graphic. To get too, not too, <laughs> too graphic. <laughs> we'll give it to you straight. I was going to say, not to get too speculative. See, I'm going in the other direction. Not to get too Good. speculative. Take it in a different direction. But, you know... Father Nelson, I never thought of that before, and it's it's interesting. The devil's always going to try to break us away from God, right? He's always going to try to get between us and Jesus. And for the first, you know, 1,500 years, 1,700 years of the church, that was theological. Right. That was going after dogmatic principles. That was trying to mess with, you know, our understanding of who Jesus was, who God was. But now, because of the Enlightenment and because of secularism, I wonder if the only path, the postmodernism, the only path he can take is attacking our understanding of nature itself. But I think it's it's not going to last nearly as long as all the theological Right, because it's stuff. so evident. Because it's so evidently wrong. You're arguing with reality. What's that commercial <laughs> we just saw for the virtu- virtual reality? Defy reality. That's a twisted, that's a twisted thing. And that's not going to last long. If you live in that... I'm making my own reality world for too long. You're just you're you're, you're gonna, gonna go insane. You're gonna go That's insane. A, it, you're gonna collapse because you're defying reality. It's insanity. One of my uh, excuse me. One of my favorite quotes is something that I picked up from one of the Desert Fathers several years ago when I was reading through some of their writings, and he said, uh, "A time is coming when men will go mad." And when they see someone who is not mad, they will all attack him, saying, "You're mad. You're not like us." <laughs> and I just thought that about it describes the insanity we're dealing with. Guys, we got Todd from Bismarck on the phone with a question on theology of the body. Were you on the phone, Todd? Uh, it's actually Luke. Luke, <laughs> sorry, I, I got the wrong name there. My apologies, Luke. Welcome to the Sons of Thunder show. What do you got for us? Well, you know, I, I just tuned in a few minutes ago, and and. Um, really interesting i had uh this is the first i've heard of uh what the german bishops have declared i i have to say i'm not terribly surprised unfortunately but um i guess my question is where is pope john paul the great theology of the body in all of this um it's really disheartening to me you know we i i remember you know um in my own studies um and discussions you know talking about how that was going to be the the salvation, in, in a sense, and um, there's there's little to no mention of this at all in all of these discussions, and it's pretty disheartening. Yeah, I mean, ab- absolutely. <clears throat> the, 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 the same question could be applied, Luke, to just simply, where is John Paul II? Right. You know, I mean, the days of yeah. John Paul II, the leadership was so 
you know, megaton massive that you had no question where the church stood. If there was a modern... I mean, there are whole encyclicals written on <clears throat> what we're talking about right, right. now. And, and that's part of the problem, too. Like, I mean, there's all these beautiful documents that we could be citing, and instead, it's this superficial garbage that we're talking about right now. The, the main issues of humanity are just simply not being addressed. Yeah, I mean, we know Casti Canubi, which was uh, Pius XII's document on marriage, Humanae Vitae. You have the entire seven years of Wednesday audiences, which Luke is referring to, which has become to known as the theology of the body. Uh, we have uh, Evangelium Vitae. Evangelium Vitae. Familiaris, Familiaris Consortio. How about Benedict the Fides et Ratio. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the amount of these documents are Caritas just... Caritas and... And it's or, like uh, they're Dave, just... Caritas Est, yeah. It's like they're just not even... They're just gone. It's, nobody's even paying attention to them anymore. It's amazing. Willfully not paying attention to them anymore. Every answer we need is there, and the world is dying for the truth, literally dying for the truth right now. And instead, we have the Bishops' Conference in Germany coming out with this stuff. So, everyone, as we always do, we give it to you straight on Straight Talk with the Brothers and the Prez. And the Prez. All right, so we want to thank all of you who called in with your questions. We always have a great show with the Sons of Thunder. Well, this segment is on at 9.30 Central Time every Monday through Friday. Up next, we're going to sit down with the students in my class, uh, and we're going to talk all about what they've been learning. We have the Prez here, which was their first teacher, and I now have been their second. And so stay tuned, everyone. We will be right back at you.